heard a song, but I don't remember when. Like I said, he would buy hey, everybody, it's Old Smith here on the Just a Little Bit Out West podcast, and I am I'm thinking we're gonna get just a little bit out west today. Last week, we finished up with the five tools that we need to decode the Bible. We found out that good is always good. We found out that bad is always bad. We found out that choice is a necessary part of good. And we found out that mankind fell from his position of power and grace to a lower state. And when he fell, everything else fell with him. And then what we found out last week was that God has made a covenant, a contract with us, that if we would listen to him and follow his instructions, things would go better for us. So that's where we are at this point. I kind of want to take a left turn here. For those of you that aren't aware, there is a religious doctrine that has infected Christianity, and it's known as the sovereignty of God. That way of believing believes that God is in control of everything that's happening. There's a thing called Calvinism, a Reformed theology, the theology of providence. It comes in many forms, but the most prevalent idea is that everything that's happening in our, in our world is all part of God's master plan, and we are just cosmic chess pieces being moved around by God's omnipotent hand. The main argument here is that for us to be humble— we have to recognize that we don't have any choices in life and that God's will is being accomplished in everything and it doesn't have anything to do with what you or I think. And those people, some of these people, believe that if you're sick, it's because God's teaching you something by that sickness. They believe that if you die young, it's because God was saving you from later on in your life, you're going to screw it up so you got to die before that happened. Um, or or that if if children are starving to death somewhere, it's because God has a plan that we can't see or understand because, you know, God works in mysterious ways. Or if a baby is born deformed, then God made that baby that way because it's all part of his plan, and we shouldn't be questioning God's will. Now, the the overwhelming majority of people who believe these kinds of things believe that they are being humble by acknowledging the power and greatness of God in their life, and so they believe they're admitting their own helplessness. And that's understandable. And on the surface, it does seem like that's being humble or noble. But the reality is, is that's pride. We talked about this a few weeks ago, how humility admits what you don't have and don't know, and so you rest in God. But if you if you go too far with that, and you go into the, I'm a worm and I don't know nothing and everything that happens to me is something that God did, you sort of go too far. Now, there is this group of people, 
and they say God's in control. But really what they mean is, I prayed, I trust God, and I believe he can work it all out because he's God, and he can take care of this situation, and I'm his child, and so he loves me, and he'll take care of it. And that's not a wrong attitude to have. But when you say God's in control, you're actually saying something that not only is scripturally inaccurate, it you don't really believe that. I think we can all agree that God fixing a situation is not the same as saying that he caused the situation. And I think this confuses the issue and it helps to promote a wrong way of thinking. There's another group of people, and I call them prophetic. And these people, they can see that the way God is interacting with mankind, it sometimes has these patterns and deeper meanings that you don't normally see in, in other areas. And I think this is exactly true. But then I think they make a wrong conclusion and they say that God caused and orchestrated everything that's happening. And I think that's a wrong way of looking at it. Atheists will take this to the one extreme and they'll say, well, having a good omnipotent God is stupid, preposterous. Just look around you. Look at how bad the world is. There's no such thing as a good God. And then, of course, these Calvinists or people who believe that there is no free will, they take that to the other extreme and they believe that God is controlling everything. And, of course, when you talk to people who believe that way, most of them will say, well, no, God doesn't make everything happen, but God has a group of people that they call the elect, and those people... They can make wise choices, and they can respond to God, and they can get saved. But if you're not one of the elect, if you haven't been chosen, then you're going to hell, and there's no way that you're ever going to choose God, and you have no hope. You're just, God made you so that you could be a waste of space for some reason, which I can't figure out what that reason is. I think that the problem with believing that God's in control of everything is that deep down, I think we all know that there's something wrong with that picture. You can instinctively know that this thing you're going through was not sent to you by a loving God. But yet the preacher and the religion insists that somehow this pain is a good thing. I think this creates a disconnect in our heart and we struggle to reconcile with with this doubt. When Adam fell, was that all part of God's grand scheme? And if so, wouldn't that mean that God is ultimately responsible for Adam's sin? I mean, if that's the case, then that makes God the author of original sin. And it seems to me like that would be unjust for God to hold Adam accountable for something that was out of his control, out of the man's control. I mean, yes, it's absolutely true. God set things up the way he did, and man chose what he chose, but God didn't make him choose that. And on the other hand, if Eve's deception was all part of the plan, wouldn't that sort of make God the father of lies? And I'll just tell you, uh, the Mormons actually believe that. In the inspired version of the Bible written by Joseph Smith, in Genesis 4.11, 
It says, were it not, this is Eve talking, were it not for our transgression, we never should have had seed and never should have known good and evil and the joy of our redemption and the eternal life, which God giveth unto all the obedient. That's the Mormon version, that God wanted Adam and Eve to fall. Now, you might say, wait just a minute, that's not what I mean. And I'd say, no, it's probably not what you mean. And that's the reason that this theology is double-minded and it's dangerous. Now, it's true, and I agree, God is sovereign. But let's look at that a little closer. Sovereign means the supreme power or authority independent and free from external authority or influence. That comes from the dictionary. And in that sense, it's absolutely true. God is sovereign. What we don't understand in most churches is what we learned last week. God has chosen all by himself to limit his own authority on earth. And he made covenants and agreements and limited himself to those covenants and agreements. Historically, there's been this war going on between Calvinism, the sovereignty of God theology, and free will. The problem, as I see it, is that both of these groups all basically believe the same thing, except with a small and very important disagreement. We all agree that man, by himself and on his own as a fallen being, is incapable of responding to the call of God. But here is where the misunderstanding comes in. Somehow, we've gotten this idea that the ones who don't accept God's call were never called. I can't find this in the Bible. It's not there. What we know from the Bible is that Jesus died, the Bible says, for the whole world. And in Romans 1, Paul says that God put the knowledge of himself in all men. And the book of Romans goes on to make it pretty obvious that we have a choice, but we didn't use it correctly. And so we received the consequences of that. It's true, of course, that man can't come to God just on his own, as a fallen being. But yet God reached down and sent the sacrifice and the Savior, and he has extended his hand in friendship, enabling these fallen, stupid people like me to be able to respond to that. And in essence, this is the entire point of Christianity. No one is righteous on their own. That's what the Bible says. No one is worthy. Nobody deserves to go to heaven. But grace reaches out, it opens the door, and God then says, now that the door's open, you don't have to go through it, but you can if you want to. Free will means being allowed to respond by faith to the call that God has given through his grace, just because he's that kind of an amazing father. There's this story in Matthew 21. Jesus tells this story of a, a farmer, a, a landowner. He owns this field, and he leases this field to some, some other farmers. But 
these farmers, they take control of the land, and even though it belongs to the owner, they did what they wanted with it. And, of course, they had certain obligations to the landowner because since he owns it, he wants to get some of the fruit that came off of his own land. But these these farmers that he hired, they said, no, nope, he's gone. This is ours. We're going to do whatever we want. Think of it like this. If you had some money that your bank loaned you, and they said, you have to pay this money back, and you have one year to pay it back. So you go and you sign on the dotted line, and you say you're going to pay them back, but then when it's time to pay it back, you said, nope, I don't want to pay it back. And then the collection agency shows up at your front door, and you run out the back door. So what's going to happen? They're going to come with the sheriff. They're going to take everything you own. They're going to auction it off. And then you're going to go to jail. To me, this is the story of our world. This is the story of Genesis. This is Christianity. God is the vineyard owner. He owns that field. He owns that farm. But he gave it to us to use, to take care of it. And a bunch of us have said, we don't care who it belongs to. It's ours now. And we can do whatever we want. That's what's happening in the world right now. There are things going on here that God is not in favor with. God is not doing those things. We are doing those things. Even though it's God's earth, there's a bunch of stuff going on here that is our will, not his. And that's because God gave us this farm and said, take care of it. And then we fell. But eventually, God's going to come back. And when he does, he's going to get rid of the people who aren't taking care of his farm the way he wanted them to. And in that sense, it's absolutely a fact. God is in control. All right, that is the end of our subject for the week. Let me know where I missed it, and I'll be back next week. We're going to talk some more on this subject. As I said in the last one, this may take us a few weeks to get through this because it is, (laughs) it is a big subject. All right. God bless you guys. Here's a song for you to listen to on your way out. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey, waitress, get my check. I think I'm ready to go I think I'm gonna be checking out There ain't nothing left here in my soul Sitting in a cafe late one night I heard the sound of a broken heart Sadness and twisted his heart too tight He needs healing for his shattered life Hey, listen up and let me see Don't go, don't throw it all away If God is real, you are gonna miss the best part of the show
Life's already been too long And I've been here past my time I'm ready to go, I'm checking out I'm just looking for the door No one lives here anymore Jesus died to heal the heart that's broke And what if you're wrong and what if I'm right I wish you'd try for one more night I wish you would look toward the light Forget that check I'm not Gonna go I guess I won't be checking out I'm gonna see What it's all about Sitting in a cafe Late one night I heard the sound Of a healing Took that life and put it right. And Jesus healed that shattered heart that night. Hey, listen up and let me say, Don't go, don't throw it all away. If God is real, you are gonna miss. That's it. We're all done. I'll see you next week. Thanks for coming. Bye-bye.